Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations That Heal. On this episode, it's just you and me. I want to ask you, how emotionally deep are you willing to go to heal from your childhood trauma? I thought I would share more of my healing journey with you, especially what I have learned throughout my healing process. I'm going to focus today on asking, believing, and receiving. Before I do, I want to tell you a bit about myself for those who may not know me. I am an international advocate and spokesperson committed to shifting the global consciousness around childhood trauma. I am a healing mentor and, as you know, the host of Conversations That Heal. This podcast provides a place to learn new alternatives for your thinking, your feeling, and your acting. I'm also a speaker and author of How to Love Yourself, The Hope After Child Abuse. After healing from my own personal journey of 18 years of physical and sexual and psychological abuse at the hands of my family members, my hope is that by sharing my struggles and my victories, I will inspire more survivors to do the same. My website is susanjacobi.com, S-U-S-A-N-J-A-C-O-B-I. I'm wondering how many of you have heard or perhaps read the book, The Secret. It is authored by Australian-born Rhonda Byron. There are many gifts in it, and I encourage you to read it or check out the movie on Netflix to learn more about it. Ask, Believe, Receive is the common theme throughout her book. When I first heard Ask, Believe, Receive, I really didn't think about it as possibilities. Like everything else I read or heard for that matter, I saw the words, but I let the message of the words fly over my head. It was way too painful to explore anything more than that. I was very familiar with letting words fly over my head. Words like shame, abandonment, entitlement, deserving, and especially self-love, which didn't even have a chance to be absorbed into my mindset. Even the word denial, a word comfortably used by millions of people who turn their back to childhood trauma, it was easier to play ignorant than to look at all the people in my childhood who denied that I was being abused almost daily. To be honest, surviving required denying my truth. I used it as a way to stay alive. It served me very well. There's nothing wrong with using whatever tools you need to survive any childhood trauma. I have found that there are gifts in every strategy our child brain creates, even the role of victim. I hear so many people say how plain the role of the victim is bad. The truth is, is as a child, the survivor of childhood trauma was a victim. I found many gifts in being a victim, like compassion and a good listener and developing skills that make me a stronger adult. And I want to add that there comes a time when, as adults, that role no longer serves us. It's like many tools become a hindrance to our healing. 
Have you ever been on crutches? They are hard to get accustomed to, but once you do, they become equally challenging to let go of. To trust yourself that you know how to walk. Anyone who has been on crutches, it's very interesting how quickly your mind forgets to trust that your body knows how to walk because it becomes so dependent on the crutch. That's very similar to the tools that we use for our healing that have kept us alive, let us cope with any childhood trauma. I didn't see the victim role as my crutch, but there are many others that I did, like not allowing myself to be valued in the community, not allowing myself to feel worthy. It is far easier to put up that shield than to feel the pain of your truth. What I learned is that while I was confident I was protecting myself from future pain, I missed out on a lot more joys than my adult life had to offer me. For me, I had to dig deep in my soul to find the strength to reclaim my life. It takes a higher consciousness to rise above the pain of trauma, a commitment that needs to be made by you to you. And that includes that you are worthy of living your life, as you say, not by chance. I want all of my listeners to hear this. What I am talking about has many ups and many more downs, accomplishments and disappointments. Don't let the downs derail you from your goal. If you find yourself falling into the rabbit hole, remember to breathe. Write post-it notes. Put them all over your home if that's what it takes for you to remind yourself that you have options to stop your fall. How do I know this? Because it is what I did. And then there comes a time when you automatically catch yourself from falling. You automatically remember to breathe maybe even meditate. This is where honoring yourself and the tools you use to survive come in. Have compassion for yourself. Remind yourself how creative you are that you survived. Thank the tools that your brain created, but release them. It is time to bring new tools into your garden. It is time to plant new seeds. I know the pain of believing to your core that you are not valuable, that you are so devalued that the idea of being entitled to something as simple as a glass of water is beyond your comprehension. It is time to look at those demeaning thoughts and feelings and tell them no more. Scream at those thoughts and feelings if that's what it takes to get them out of your head, out of your soul. Believe me, I have had many screaming and cursing matches with those negative thoughts planted by my abusers. Now, when even the slightest whisper enters my head, I tell it to get out. Well, truthfully, my language is a bit more forceful than that, but you get the idea. Whether you believe it or not does not change the universal law that you are a lovable and capable human being. No lie, no brainwashing will ever change that. No one, absolutely no one, is more powerful 
than the universal laws. When we come back from our break, I want to talk about the ask, the believe, and the receive. I am a healing mentor to help survivors heal their lives. I have four spots available for mentoring. I understand the pain and the agony of feeling like an orphan and feeling rejected. I know how it feels to not feel valuable and end up in situations where you feel completely invisible. Contact me at Susan at conversationsthatheal.com to set up a complimentary 20-minute session. I know it is possible to reclaim your life. I have done it, and more than anything, I want that for you. So let's get back to the ask, the believe, and the receive. I have spent a lot of energy trying to figure out why I could not understand this concept of ask, believe, receive. Actually, to tell you the truth, I've spent years. But one day, completely out of the blue, I got it. And I got why it was so hard for me to understand. I look at it like this. Maybe this will help you. The asking part, to me, that means I am entitled to be seen. I am entitled to be heard. I'm even entitled to be alive, which also means I am entitled to ask. The believing part is trusting that you will be heard, trusting that you are safe and that someone or something higher than yourself is listening to you, is loving you, is holding you in a space of light and warmth and safety. The receiving part is that you are worthy, which for me was a really big obstacle to get through. But after many years and many tears, and many devoted friends and professionals, I finally got it. I want to talk to you about how those three words applied to my life and how I was able to bring more compassion to myself. As I look at all of this, it is no wonder that I was struggling with three simple words. As a survivor of childhood trauma, my experience of asking was filled with memories of danger and pain. This is why, as an adult, it is so important to build new experiences. Those new experiences give you the strength to rebuild or replace the experiences that filled your head with lies and pain. It is also another reason why creating new traditions or perhaps a new family is important. You're replacing all of the traditions or even family members that became so toxic that they strangled you. Typically, we define family as a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, an aunt. But the truth is, is that a family can be a sacred circle of friends or can be filled with people that you define as a family. Perhaps you get married and have children, and that can become your family. 
that can become a place where you can build the life that you want your children to have, a life that is far away and free from the toxic behaviors that you're working on leaving your life. To be completely transparent with you, asking was so foreign with me that I didn't even ask in my prayers. My prayers were filled with blessings over my loved ones and gratitude for what I had done during the day. It seldom include asking for something that I wanted. Take baby steps in your asking. Place in an order in a drive-thru. Begin with asking yourself, what do I want? Is it an iced tea or is it a frappuccino? Own the choice that you make. Be responsible for the choice. Be at peace with the choice. And know that the choice bears consequences. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just making the choice to be responsible about how you're going to take care of yourself. How are you going to be responsible for drinking the the frappuccino? Tune in to the part of you that wants to be heard, the part of you who knows what she or he wants but it is filled with too many memories of being denied or worse, being ridiculed. And I guarantee you that it will be awkward. It will be uncomfortable. And you can also count on it becoming easier. By the way, asking for what you want is an extension of self-love. Believe. One day I was with a dear friend of mine, and as we were driving back to her house, I asked her if believing was another way of saying trusting or having faith. Trusting that you are being heard. Trusting that you are safe to be heard. That you can keep yourself safe. Those are really big observations to write down to remind yourself that you are capable of keeping yourself safe. As an adult, you have ways to keep yourself safe. You may say, well, no, I don't. Well, you do. You just don't see them or you don't believe that you do have them or that you are entitled to have them. You can keep yourself safe by saying you're in a situation that you are experiencing fear. You can leave. You can run away. You can scream. You can tell the person to get out of your life. You can tell the person to be quiet, that you don't want to hear what they have to say anymore. You are setting up a boundary. You are not willing to listen to what they're saying. Boundary is such a huge part of all of this, seeing that you are capable of setting up boundaries believing that you are worthy of setting up boundaries. I don't know why, after all the years of not making the connection to believing and trusting, that I got it. To tell you the truth, it was like my angels popped me on the head with their magic dust. Did I automatically believe 24-7 
from that day forward that I was safe in being heard? No, I'm human. I'm just like you. Absolutely not. But having a new connection, a new way of thinking, changes you forever. I can never, will never go back to the me that didn't understand why it was important to believe, why it was important to trust a higher being. It was like a wave of bright light watched over me and I got why it was so hard to accept that it was safe to trust. Believing that I am safe, that I am being held in love, safety allows me to take it up another step to believing. You are no different from me. Remember that we are all connected. You might be saying, well, Susan, you got whatever, however you want to fill that in. I want to remind you that you don't know what it took for me to get to this point. Don't judge yourself against me. It isn't fair to you or me. And I'm not saying that to be harsh. I'm I'm saying that to remind you, basing your actions, basing your opinions on how you're going to behave against a judgment that you created on how it was for me isn't fair to you. You need to have your own experience and not judge yourself against me. And for the record, I know that because I spent a really long time judging myself against other people. It got me absolutely nowhere except feeling even worse about myself than I already did. So I just want to save you a few steps and help you see that it just doesn't serve you to judge my experiences against your experiences. Receiving. When I finally got what that meant, I would sum it up in one word. I was worthy of receiving. A huge concept for me. It takes time. It takes compassion. It takes self-love and grace build on our self-worth. Self-worth is stolen from so many children. I would venture to say that there are over three-quarters of the adults walking around who still do not feel worthy of so many desires that they hold in their hearts, that they go to their grave not feeling worthy of those desires. The truth is, is that we are all worthy of receiving love and kindness and compassion and even money. Whatever you want to add to your list, you are worthy of receiving all the gifts that the universe has to offer. You might want to ask yourself, why am I not receiving these gifts? Why do I hear so much about it and yet I'm not receiving it? You might want to ask yourself, am I opening myself up to receiving it? How am I phrasing asking for money? Am I saying, 
please get me out of debt? Or am I saying, I have financial freedom, or I have so much freedom with my money that I am able to loan money? There's a difference between those as opposed to bringing in the word debt. And once you get comfortable with that and you can pick up what I'm saying, you will find even the word debt is almost like a poison. Even me talking about bringing that word into my vocabulary right now to describe it to you feels really yucky. I don't even want to go near those letters, much less say the actual word. I want to tell you a really funny story about receiving to illustrate how disconnected I was to receiving. Several years ago, I was at this retreat. In the beginning, we are all asked to pick up these tarot cards. Of course, they were all face down, and we all picked them up one by one. I picked up receiving, which really, to tell you the truth, annoyed me. because I just didn't want to be burdened with having to work on receiving. Essentially, what I was saying to myself is I didn't want to be burdened with having to look at the fact that I was worthy. So we went through this whole retreat, and at the end of it, we were presented with the same task, to pick a card up from the pile. Guess which card I picked up again? receiving. Out of like 80 cards, I pick up the same card again. And I was so disconnected from receiving that when we went around the group saying what card we picked up, I didn't even read it as receiving. I read it as, to tell you the truth, I can't remember what I read it as. I only remember another participant in the group looked at it and said, Uh, Susan, that says receiving. And from that point on, I was just like, are you kidding me? That's how disconnected I was to receiving, to bringing it into my life. But now when I allow myself to receive, it brings a peace over me. It brings a sense of that I am worthy, that I am lovable that I am capable, that I am desirable, that all of the lies that I was fed for so many years was essentially, I see it as like the devil trying to steal my soul. He didn't. And I'm not going to let him have that opportunity in my adult life to steal any part of me. And I want all of that for you. I hope this show has been of value to you and your healing journey. Remember, it takes time and patience to reclaim a life after any childhood trauma. Every single day is a step forward. Even the days or the weeks, that you are sure that you have moved 10 steps back and that you have completely fallen off your path and you might as well just throw in the towel to use the same scenario, let the devil take over. 
I'm telling you that even those steps that you've taken back are part of moving forward. Instead of judging them or beating yourself up because of them, embrace those steps that you have taken back. Honor them as a way of your soul working on helping you to reclaim your life. It took years to plant those lies, even decades. And it will take, for some of you, a very long time to reclaim your life. For others, it won't take as long. You have to remain true to yourself and committed to yourself and your recovery. And even when you're sure that you can't be true to yourself anymore, reach out to the people that are on this journey with you, your therapist, perhaps your coach, your dearest friend, and let them hold your value, your commitment, your worthiness, that you can overcome this, that you can release the devil and live a life that you want to live. I am so familiar with the despair of feeling rejected and convinced that I was forever the black sheep. I get how it feels to not feel valuable and to end up in situations time after time again where you feel invisible. I am a healing mentor to help survivors heal their lives. I want you to know that you can do this. I have said that over and over again. And I guess this is the passion in me that wants to show you and tell you that you are capable and have the energy and the stamina to reclaim your life. Let me support you on your healing journey. Contact me at Susan at conversationsatheal.com and we'll set up a complimentary 20-minute session. I know that I may not be able to help you. I also know that I may be able to help you. But first and foremost, I want you to know that I know it is possible to reclaim your life. I have done it. I want that for you. And I'll be very honest with you, it is not easy. It is painful to go through and realize how set up you were in your childhood, how much any trauma affects your adult life. You survived all of that trauma, no matter what the trauma was. And that is the fuel for helping you to move through the pain and the barriers and believe and receive all of the joys and the gifts that the universe has to give you. My gift, 11 Tools for Happiness, is waiting for you at SusanJacoby.com. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Conversations That Heal. I want to remind you that Conversations That Heal Radio is on iTunes. Please leave a comment and support this podcast to reach more souls like you and me 
You're welcome to follow us on Blog Talk for up-to-date announcements. Above all, remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Please take care of yourself. Please be gentle with yourself. Please honor yourself. Please show yourself compassion. What does compassion look like, you may be asking? It looks like when you're feeling very down on yourself, it looks like reminding yourself that you, let's say, you drank four glasses of water. It looks like reminding yourself that you are entitled to take a nap if you're tired. It looks like going on a walk or removing yourself from a situation when you are at your wit's end and you just need to get away. If only walking out to get the mail and to take a breath, that's what compassion looks like. Until our show next week, thank you again for listening to Conversations That Heal.